Welcome to On This Day in Tudor History with me, Claire Ridgway, author of On This Day in Tudor History. Now, today I'm taking you back to the reign of Queen Elizabeth I. But on this day in Tudor history, the 2nd of December, 1586, Parliament met following their request for Queen Elizabeth I to sanction the execution of Mary, Queen of Scots, and the commissioners meeting in the Star Chamber where they condemned Mary to death. A draft proclamation of sentence written by Elizabeth and her chief adviser, William Cecil, Lord Burley, was published at the Parliament, and this was followed by the drafting of an execution warrant by Sir Francis Walsingham. Mary, Queen of Scots, had been tried for treason at a trial that opened at Fotheringay Castle on the 14th of October 1586. The Crown had provided evidence that not only did Mary know about the Babington plot, a plot to assassinate Elizabeth and to replace her with Mary, but she'd given it her approval. Mary had proclaimed her innocence, saying, I would never make shipwreck of my soul by conspiring the destruction of my dearest sister. But after Babington had written to her of the plot, writing that six men, his private friends, would be in charge of that tragical execution, referring to the dispatch of Elizabeth, Mary had replied, Then shall it be time to set the gentlemen to work, taking order upon the accomplishing of their design. Mary tried to argue that she hadn't specified what that work was, but it was no good. Although sentencing was delayed somewhat, Mary was found guilty on the 25th of October. On the 29th of October 1586, the Sixth Parliament of Elizabeth I's reign opened. The Queen refused to attend the state opening, as the reason for this Parliament was to discuss the Mary Queen of Scots issue. Mary had been found guilty of treason, but she was an anointed Queen, albeit one that had been forced to abdicate. And so there were questions regarding the legality of executing her. Elizabeth really didn't want to commit regicide, but her Privy Council wanted Mary gone for good. The History of Parliament website, which is a wonderful source, explains how Privy Councillors Sir Christopher Hatton, Sir Walter Mildmay, Sir Rafe Sadler and John Woolley all gave speeches to the Commons in the opening days in support of Mary's execution. On the 5th of November, Elizabeth's Lord Chancellor, Sir Thomas Bromley, addressed the Lords, declaring the foul and indirect dealings practised by the Queen of Scots against Her Majesty and the whole realm, notwithstanding so many great benefits and favours which the said Queen of Scots had received of Her Majesty. And on the 9th of November, diverse letters, including ones written by Anthony Babington and Mary, were read out, as was the sentence pronounced by the commission that had tried Mary. After both houses had deliberated, a joint petition from the Lords and Commons calling for Mary's execution was delivered to Elizabeth on the 12th of November. In it, they described their grief over the most dangerous and execrable practices of Mary, Queen of Scots, who'd compassed the destruction of your majesty's sacred and most royal person and wanted utterly to ruinate and overthrow the happy state and commonweal of this most noble realm. They explained how they'd carefully considered the proceedings against Mary, and that they believed that if she did not receive 
due punishment which by justice and the laws of this your realm she has so often and so many ways for her most wicked and detestable offences deserved, then Elizabeth shall be exposed unto many more and those more secret and dangerous conspiracies than before. They concluded by writing, We do most humbly beseech your most excellent majesty that as well in respect of the continuance of the true religion now professed amongst us and of the safety of your most royal person and estate as in regard of the preservation and defence of us your most loving, dutiful and faithful subjects and the whole common wheel of this realm. It may please your highness to take speedy order that declaration of the same sentence and judgment be made and published by proclamation and that thereupon direction be given for further proceedings against the said Scottish Queen according to the effect and true meaning of the said statute because upon advised and great consultation we cannot find that there is any possible means to provide for your majesty's safety but by the just and speedy execution of the said queen, the neglecting whereof may procure the heavy displeasure and punishment of almighty God, as by sundry severe examples of his great justice in that behalf left us in the sacred scriptures doth appear. And if the same be not put in present execution, we your most loving and dutiful subjects shall thereby, so far as man's reason can reach, be brought into utter despair of the continuance amongst us of the true religion of Almighty God and of your Majesty's life and the safety of all your faithful subjects and the good estate of this most flourishing common weal. However, the Queen wouldn't give a definitive answer and just kept stalling, saying that it was a cause of great moment and required good deliberation and that she could not presently give answer unto them. It wasn't until this day in history, the 2nd of December 1586, the final day of the Parliament, that she finally agreed to their petition and allowed Mary's death sentence to be proclaimed. On the 4th of December, Mary was publicly proclaimed guilty and the citizens of London celebrated by lighting bonfires. But Elizabeth still stalled. As I explained in my talk from the 26th of September, which I'll give you a link to, what she really wanted was for Mary's fate to be taken out of her hands and for a private citizen to act under the bond of association and assassinate Mary, a man like Mary's jailer, Sir Amias Paulette. But Paulette wouldn't do it. Elizabeth finally signed Mary's death warrant on the 1st of February 1587 although she gave orders for it not to be sent on to Fotheringay, hoping against hope that Paulette would kill Mary. But Elizabeth's Privy Council sent it, and on the 8th of February 1587, Mary was beheaded. Elizabeth's advisers must have breathed a sigh of relief at news of the execution, but then they faced their Queen's wrath. Hmm... Tomorrow, I'll be talking about a man who was close friends with Robert Dudley, Earl of Leicester, and who was even said to have converted the Earl to Puritanism. He was also close to Queen Elizabeth and served her loyally. Do make sure you're subscribed, click right there, and that you've hit the bell so you don't miss my talk on him. 
Also on this day in Tudor history, the 2nd of December, 1546, Henry Howard, Earl of Surrey, poet, courtier, soldier, and the eldest son of Thomas Howard, 3rd Duke of Norfolk, was arrested after a former friend gave evidence against him. King Henry VIII had just weeks to live and was increasingly paranoid. So this evidence was just what Surrey's enemies needed to bring the Earl down. You can find out more about the Earl of Surrey's downfall and how his father managed to keep his head in last year's video. You'll find a link to that in the description. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I do hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to subscribe so that you can enjoy podcasts on a daily basis. Thank you.